Thanks for joining us for this Christmas special. Welcome to part four. You've made it this far, so congratulations. Uh, we're so excited about uh, what we've been learning through this four-part series. Uh, you can go back, and if you missed any of the previous uh, any of the previous sessions, you can go back to our website at mycornerstone.org. Uh, they'll all be posted there at the conclusion of this, parts one through four, so you can kind of catch up on all of them. Uh, I also want to invite you to like our Facebook page. That's another way to stay connected here at Cornerstone, to, to know what's going on. And to get more involved, go to our Facebook group, our Connect at Cornerstone group, and join our group. Uh, there you'll find some information for people who attend Cornerstone throughout the week, and you'll see some more uh, personalized announcements, and you can communicate with each other there as well. So we invite you to take part in our Cornerstone Facebook group. I really hope you've been blessed by the services this week. Uh, we've had a great time getting everything together, preparing them, uh, sharing with you. Uh, I wanna give a special thanks to Legacy Creek out in Baywood, to the Belton family for being uh, just so great at letting us come into their barn and record everything. Uh, it was really cold that night. I don't know if you can tell watching a video, uh, but uh, I really appreciate our, our worship team coming together and leading us in worship for that. Um, one other thing I'll mention is uh, that if you've been blessed by uh, our services this week, I just want to uh, just thank you for that uh, and, and thank you for participating. Uh, we are doing these services on live.mycornerstone.org, and that's going to be the platform we use going forward to do our live services. We're still going to be on Facebook. Uh, so that's a great place for people who may not know about Cornerstone to find us and, and be able to get their first introduction to Cornerstone. So we'll be there. We'll even be on YouTube. And so if you've got a smart TV and are watching at home, that's a great way. Uh, you can pull up our YouTube channel and find the live videos there and watch them on your smart TV. Uh, but our main point of emphasis is going to be live.mycornerstone.org. Why? Uh, it's a great place for us to chat, to interact, to go deeper, to pray with each other. Uh, we can follow up better using it. Um, and it puts everything on our own website so we don't have to worry about Facebook. We don't have to worry about YouTube if they decide to take something down because of copyright or music. or They're getting really uh, difficult sometimes to work with. So. Uh, by putting it on our website, we've got a lot more control over it going forward and a lot more chance for interaction too. So uh, we will invite you, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook today, you can jump over and watch it on our website as well. Um, a couple more things. Uh, this year has been difficult for so many churches, but we have been blessed at Cornerstone. I want to thank you for your generosity, for your support of everything that we're doing. Um, and we want to invite you to give to our Cornerstone Christmas offering. Uh, every year at Christmas, we do something a little different. We take up an offering and we use it to really meet some ministry needs. Um, we've used it over the years to, to really make a dramatic impact on many of our local ministries here in the Galax area and not only that, but around the world. This year, our Christmas offering, 100% of what comes in is going back out. Three different needs that are being met. One is hurricane relief and, uh, and really just feeding and medical needs in Nicaragua. Uh, and so we've had a strong partnership in Nicaragua for over a decade. Your support will go to help Because We Care Ministries and help them as they continue serving people uh, in Nicaragua. That's the first one. The second one is our local Hope House. Uh, so uh, they do a great job ministering to people right here in our own community uh, and by providing t transitional housing. So um, we're excited to, to be able to support them. And finally, we want to provide car seats to our local foster care system. Um, that's a very local need that we can do something about, and your giving will enable that to happen. You can give in a number of ways. You can go to our website at mycornerstone.org. You can download the Church Center app. I haven't really mentioned that much, but our Church Center app, if you go on the App Store, search for Church Center, uh, download it. You can select Cornerstone Community Church in Galax, Virginia. Once you have that app, then you can uh, give online through that. You can find our life groups. You can find all sorts of inf information about us there, uh, but you can use it uh, to give. You can, and again, you can give the old-fashioned way just by mailing a check to P.O. Box 757 in Galax, Virginia. Um, finally, uh, I keep saying finally. That, that, <laughs> lots of things to go over today as we kind of wrap up. Uh, 
at the end of today's service, we'll be celebrating the Lord's Supper together. So uh, if you're together with your family, make sure you get uh, go ahead and grab the juice and the, and the bread. Uh, we put a video online on how you could make your own bread. So uh, you can do that. We, uh, we've had uh, the, the communion kits, uh, the little cup and, and, and of juice and, and bread at the church, and you can still pick those up today uh, if you're watching this uh, before Christmas. Uh, and so whether you do communion with us today live or you do it together when you get all your family together, it doesn't matter. We want you to, uh, to participate in communion before Christmas this year. So uh, we'll kind of walk you through that at the end of this service. Uh, and then for this Sunday, uh, I do have an announcement for that. For the 27th, we are staying online this week. We made the decision uh, with so many people traveling and, and, and interacting and with the case number still so high and our, our healthcare system locally so overwhelmed, we're gonna go ahead and meet online for this week. And uh, that will also give our volunteers a, a chance to, uh, to kind of catch their breath a little bit before we jump back into the new year. So uh, I just wanna, uh, you know, thank all of our volunteers and all the people who have served at Cornerstone. We appreciate you guys so much. Uh, this week, we'll be sharing uh, on Sunday a little bit about uh, kind of reflecting on the past year and looking into the new year. So uh, that'll be online at 9.15 and 11 a.m. Uh, and then we'll also do a replay at 7 p.m. too, so in case you, you, you miss it. So I think now it's time to worship together. Uh, again, I'm so thankful for you guys joining us today. We're going to be replaying some of the songs from earlier in the week just because we had so much uh, fun getting them together. Uh, so we picked some of your favorites. So I just want to invite you to participate, to join in, to worship with us today.
glory and dark Bearing gifts we traverse afar Field and fountain more and mountain Following yonder star Again, welcome back to part four of our Cornerstone Christmas special. Uh, I think we've all been affected this year by a lack of peace. If, as you think back through the, the year we've come through, the election, uh, all of the uh, division and the uncertainty. And uh, just this week I was watching on the news about uh, speculation about China and Russia and uh, their ability to, you know, their expanding military force and computer hacking and all this stuff that's going on. And uh, there's fear and anxiety about the future of our country. Not only that, not is just the COVID in general. Like what, uh, when are we ever going to be able to, to get through this and the fear and the anxiety and the worry that so many people have? I, I don't think anybody would use the word peaceful to describe what we've experienced this year and even this Christmas. But I think that's why Christmas is so important this year. I think we need the peace that only God can provide. So let's go back one more time and look at the prophecy from the book of Isaiah that we've been studying this year. Uh, Isaiah 9, uh, verse 6 and 7, it says, For a child is born to us, 
A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all of eternity. I was reading a book this week about Christmas by J.D. Greer, and he said this. He said, here's the problem that many people have with Jesus. He was supposed to be the Prince of Peace, but he didn't seem to deliver. When he was born, the angelic choir famously pronounced that he had brought peace on earth. Right In Luke chapter 2 in the Christmas story, we read of that. And yet, 2,000 years later, the guns still do not fall silent, not even on Christmas Day. Relational strife and domestic violence still impact more households than many of us realize. Poverty still affects millions of people throughout the world. Injustice is still the daily experience of huge, swath, of, of huge swaths of our society. So why didn't Jesus fulfill the promise of the, t the title that Isaiah gave him? The Prince of Peace. Was bringing peace on earth just too big of a task? Actually, when we think of peace that way, we are looking at something much smaller than what Isaiah had in mind. And he poses a great question there. Really, if, if Jesus came to bring peace on earth, where is it? Why don't we have it? Why aren't we experiencing that this year? And your first point this morning, I just want to jump right in and address it. And it's simply this. What if the peace we are looking for is not the peace that we really need? What if the peace we're looking for is not the peace we really need? We need to begin with our definition of, 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 of peace. Here in North America, when we think about peace, we really think, I think often we think peace is just the absence of conflict. So if there's no conflict, then there's peace. And you think about people who have protested for years for wars and, and, and against war. They want wars to end. They don't want us to get involved with other countries. They're peace protesters. That, that's kind of the... Uh, the, the, the image we have. And so peace is connected with that lack of conflict, with the lack of war. But the word that's used in the Old Testament, it goes much deeper than that. It's not just the absence of conflict. And in fact, the word peace in the Old Testament is the word that uh, is shalom. Uh, and, and it has a far bigger meaning than just the absence of conflict. It, it, it's, it pictures health. It pictures wholeness. It denotes harmony. It denotes com completeness. To have shalom is to not only to have a quiet life, but to have a fulfilled life. It means not just, again, um, not just uh, the lack of conflict, but it means uh, being whole spiritually, mentally, physically. Uh, all of those things kind of coming together psychologically, right? The, the word is actually a word that was used to describe a stone that was perfect and that was solid and didn't have any cracks. And, and that's really the picture we've got, that nothing is missing. Everything is the way that it was intended to be. Our life is whole. It's solid. It, it's, it, it's just the way God designed us to be. It's that completeness, that wholeness, that living in harmony with, with each other and with our God who created us. If you want to study more about this word shalom, there's a great Bible project video on YouTube and, and we'll link to it just so you can see it. And, and I encourage you to go watch it and, and learn a little bit more about the word. It's so interesting when you study uh, deeper uh, about what the Bible is talking about when it talks about peace. And so as we read in Isaiah chapter 9 that he's going to be called the Prince of Peace, it goes beyond just ending war. What Christ is bringing is wholeness fulfillness, completeness, harmony between God and man. That's why Jesus came. That's why he was born. And so uh, we read in John 14, 27, that Jesus said this. He said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and of heart. And the peace that I give you is, is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. That's the kind of peace that we need this Christmas to not be troubled, to not be afraid, to not be living in fear, but to live, live, live a life that is whole, to live a life that is complete. And the way we do that, right, is we connect with our Heavenly Father. Uh, in the Isaiah chapter 9, that prophecy we've been studying, I love how Eugene Peterson paraphrases it in the message. He says this, he says, For a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us. 
that emphasis that it's for us, right? He'll take over the running of the world. <laughs> I'll just kind of add in so that we don't have to, right? We can trust him to do it. He'll do a much better job than us. His names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, and the Prince of Wholeness. His ruling authority will grow and there'll be no limits to the wholeness he brings. And so here we see that idea of peace is this idea of wholeness, completeness, fulfillment. That's really what we need. It's not just the absence of conflict. It's, it goes far beyond that. And so the biggest your biggest problem is probably not what you think it is. Here's something that I've learned in life and I've learned in ministry and I've just seen over and over again is that so many times people have relational conflict because of a lack of peace with God. When we get away from God, when we go our own way, when we start neglecting our walk with God, what I often see is that it brings relational problems to a person's life. Uh, their marriage problems, you see dysfunction in how they parent and how they treat others, and you see problems at work, and we see all these issues. Why? Because there's a lack of wholeness, a lack of peace in their life, and it starts with their disconnect from God. Uh, our greatest relational problem really is our lack of a relationship with God. Our greatest poverty in life is that spiritual poverty of not knowing the God who created us. The greatest injustice in the world is that you and I have treated the God who's created us, right? And we have neglected Him and we've not learned what it means to follow Him. So, so I really wanted you to think about that. What problems in your life are flowing out of or, or, or are they a result of your a disconnect from God, your lack of peace with God? Ephesians 2, Paul tells us, for Christ himself has brought peace to us. Christ has brought that peace to us. And so have you received that peace? Are you experiencing that peace? Are you living in that peace that he has brought? I think we're all looking for acceptance in life and we need the acceptance of the very God who created us the one who made us, the one who knows us, the one we'll be with for all of eternity if we put our faith and trust in Him. And, and so the truth is that when we're apart from God, when we don't know God, we will never have true peace. We will never have that wholeness. We'll never have that, that completeness that He created us to have. Uh, what we really need, and this is really important, this is kind of the next point, what we really need is, is forgiveness. What we need is forgiveness. That's why Jesus came. That's the, why the title of Prince of Peace, it points us to the fact that He came to bring us forgiveness so that we could be made whole, so that we could be restored to God. He would live a life in a most unusual way, a perfect life. He never sinned. Um, he wasn't born into power or prestige or privilege. We've talked about that. He was born at a barn. At a simple barn. Think about that. He was born into poverty. He would live his life with the guilty, with the oppressed, with the outcast, with the downtrodden. And then he would eventually die a criminal's death, surrounded by criminals, even though nobody could point out and, and really identify what he had done wrong. Uh, the, really, the Old Testament is full of pictures of God. And we've been looking at Isaiah, and there's another prophecy in Isaiah that really points to what Jesus did for us. In Isaiah 53, verse 5, it says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him, and by His wounds we are healed. So He, he, he took on our sin. The reason He went to the cross was because of everything wrong that you and I have done. Now, that's a sobering thought, isn't it? The reason Jesus had to die was because of our sin. But that's what brought us peace. That's what brought us wholeness. That's what made us connected with the God who created us. That's the purpose for which Jesus came on Christmas, right? He was born to take the punishment necessary to bring us peace with God. I don't know, one of Billy Graham's uh, most famous messages and the little brochure that he did was peace with God. 
Why? Because that's such a need in our world today. We need peace with God. And we need to realize that the, the, the price for that peace, and that price for that forgiveness, it was not free. It, it required a payment. And on the cross, that's what God did. Jesus came to absorb the pain and the penalty for our sin, for our rebellion. As Jesus hung on that cross about 30 years after he had laid in a wooden manger, he, he was on that cross. Uh, and he, some of the last words before he died were this. He said, it is finished. It, it is finished. Uh, in the Greek, that was a single word. And what it was, that word meant that it was paid in full. It was the word that was scribbled on a tax bill, right, uh, when it was paid. It was meant that that bill, that debt was paid. It was clear. You were no longer required to pay it back. So when Jesus hung on the cross, he said, it's, it's done. It's paid. I, I've accomplished the task. Your debt has now been wiped clean. You don't owe anything anymore for the sin in your life. You are no longer disconnected from the God who created you. Why? Because I've come so that you may have life, so that you could be forgiven. So we really can't have, right, Christmas, and Christmas doesn't make sense without looking to Easter. Uh, Jesus being the Prince of Peace, it doesn't make sense until we realize that the peace He came to bring was the peace that we need most. It's not a, a political peace. It was not a military peace. It was not an economic peace. It was peace with the God who created us. It, that's the solution to the deepest problem we have. Now, we may think that there are other things that are more important, that we, we've got to get a vaccine or, or we've got to get, uh, uh, you know, political peace in our country. But your biggest problem, our biggest problem, is that we are disconnected from God. And until we make Jesus the Lord of our life, there will never be true peace. There will not be true peace in your life. There will not be true peace in our country. There will not be true peace in the world. God's peace is what makes us whole. And when we are at peace with God, everything changes. We know we are accepted in the eyes of the only person that really matters. And I don't know, maybe you struggle with that. Maybe you want everyone to like you and you want to be accepted and, and you want to be popular and whatever it is, I can tell you the only one that really matters is what does God think about you? And when he looks at you, if you are a believer, what he sees is he sees the perfection of his son. It's paid in full. It is finished. And so here's what's amazing is when we get that peace with God, it transforms us from the inside out. Then we are at peace with God. Then we can be at peace with others. We can be more loving husbands. We can be more content wives. We can be better parents. We can be better co-workers. We can, be, we can have more joy in our life. Why? We don't have to worry about what will happen when we leave this world. We know our eternity is secure. It's what we talked about last week, right? Our, our Father's love is everlasting. And it's what we talked about yesterday. And and I'll, and I'll say this, we, we really will struggle until we find that peace that we were created to have. Augustine said it this way. He said, our hearts are restless until we find our rest in Him. Our hearts are restless until we find our rest in Him. One day, the peace that we all want, we'll have it when we get to spend eternity with Jesus. But until then, I'm telling you, we're not going to have we're not going to have the peace that we're looking for. The peace that we really need, though, is the peace that only comes from a relationship with God. Uh, Romans 5 tells us this, But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son, while we were still enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. And so my invitation to you today and, and what I want to share with you is that Jesus is the one who makes peace between God and man. That's why He came. 
And if you are looking for your satisfaction, you are looking for your fulfillment, you are looking for your purpose in anything other than your relationship with God, you will never find it. Jesus came so that we could be whole with God. How does that work? We confess with our mouth that Jesus is the Lord of our life. That's what the Bible says. The Lord means that He's the master. He's the ruler. He's the one that you follow. Uh, it's just that he, he is the one that sits on the throne of your life. That's what Lord is. And then it says, if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and then we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. So Jesus didn't just die for your sin. No, he's the mighty God that defeated death, that rose from the dead, that conquered sin. He conquered the grave so that we could live victoriously with him forever throughout all of eternity. That's the great promise we have in Scripture. I'm so thankful for that, that He is the one that died for us and yet conquered death in the grave. But here's <laughs> the best is still yet to come. One day He's coming back and He's going to establish a kingdom of peace for all of eternity. We get to be with God forever. We get to be with Him forever. So my question for you today, do you know Him? Do you want to know Him? If not, would you just pray with me today? Would you just take this minute to, to bow your head wherever you're watching from? If you don't know Jesus as the Lord of your life, if you are searching for that peace that only God can provide, I want to invite you right now to pray with me. Would you pray? Heavenly Father, I'm just so thankful that we've been able to spend this time together throughout this Christmas special. I'm thankful for what I've learned. And right now, I know that I need the peace of God that only you can bring. The peace of, the peace of God that transcends all understanding. Uh, and right now, what I want to do, I want to commit my life to you. I want to confess that there's a need in my life for God, that I've sinned, that I've been separated from you because of my sin. And because of that, I need Jesus. I believe that Jesus came. He lived that perfect life to pay, the, uh, to, to, to pay a debt that I couldn't pay. And when he was on the cross and said, it is finished, he paid that debt fully. And when he died and, and it was buried and then he rose again, I believe it, Lord. I believe it, God, that, that Jesus did that just for me and that one day I'll get to live forever with him in all of eternity. Heavenly Father, I believe it. I commit my life to you. I want Jesus to be the Lord, the master, the ruler of my life. And so will you now help me to live that out, to learn what it means to follow you day by day, moment by moment? Will you help me just to, to know who you are? I, I want you to know if you prayed that, God heard it. All God's people, we said, amen, amen, right? Here's what I want you to do. If you just prayed that prayer, you're watching on live.mycornerstone.org. There's a button that says, I, I committed my life to Christ. I want you to click it. I want you to, to let us know who you are so that we can follow up with you. We can provide you the resources you need to follow Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you to do that. Um, if you're watching this at a later time, you can just fill out a connect card, right? And, and do that on our, you can find that link on our website uh, just to let us know the decision you made. I'm so thankful for Christmas because it points us to Easter. I'm thankful for the, the baby who came in a manger because he lived a perfect life and he went to the cross to bring us peace. Uh, he is the Prince of Peace. Uh, will you join us as we close today and we worship together? Lord. 
rock Three wise men came from country far To seek for a king was their intent And to follow the star wherever it Noel, 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 Noel Born is the King of Israel I want to invite you now to, to join us in a time of communion, a time when we can celebrate that Jesus is coming back again, where we can look back uh, on what He has done for us as we look forward to His return. Uh, let's start, though. Let's walk through the, the birth, through the, the life and the death of Jesus. In Isaiah 9, 6, we've been reading about how that child was born, a, a son that was given. The government will be on His shoulders, and He will be called the Wonderful Counselor, the, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The promised Savior uh, simply was God in the flesh. God became human in the person of Jesus almost 2,000 years ago, and He fulfilled all the prophecies in the Old Testament. His birth was miraculous since His mother was a virgin, and His birth shows us the incredible love of God. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, Luke, uh, in Luke chapter 2, we read the Christmas story. And I want to read that to you right now. Let's read it together. In Luke chapter 2, it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, uh, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family, of, and the family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no guest room for them available. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the field and keeping watch over, at night over their flock. And then an angel of the Lord stood be, be, before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, uh, for look, I proclaim to you the good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people He favors. When the angels left them and returned to heaven, uh, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened which the Lord has made, had made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which was just as they had been told. Wow. I love the, the story of the first Christmas. Uh, I like how Max Lucado said, he said that particular moment was like none other. For through, for through that segment of time, a spectacular thing occurred. God became a man. While the creatures of earth walked unaware, divinity arrived. 
Heaven opened herself and placed her most precious one in a human womb. The omnipotent in one instant made himself breakable. He who had been spirit became pierceable. He who was larger than the universe became an embryo. And he who sustains the world who sustains the world with the word, chose to be dependent upon the nourishment of a young girl. God as a fetus, holiness sleeping in the womb, the creator of life being created. But not only do we read about the birth of Jesus, in the Bible we have the record of the life of Jesus. He lived a unique life. He never sinned. He lived his life as an example to us. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus says, For even the Son of Man did not come to, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, and so we see he lived his life in service. He lived a sinless life, but he lived his life to serve others. And so I want to ask you this Christmas, how can you serve others? How can you follow the example that Jesus left for us? How can you invest your time, your talents, your, your money, uh, your resources, everything that He's given you, how can you leverage that for the sake of the others around you? In John 13, it says, A new command I give you, to love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And so Jesus lived that life of service. But then He went to the, the cross on our behalf. His death on the cross was a sacrifice that rescued us from sin, from Satan. He willingly and obediently and sufficiently died an agonizing death on the cross for the sins of all mankind. This perfect, the, the perfectly innocent one died for, the, for all those who are guilty, which is all of us. He took our place on that cross to pay for sins that we've committed. I love, though, that the grace of God is shown in that He emerged from the tomb defeating death just as he promised. So again, I just want to ask you, do you know this Jesus that we're talking about? Uh, as he gathered uh, one last time with his disciples before the crucifixion, um, he prepared them for, was about, for what was about to come. In 1 Corinthians 11, um, we read uh, the instructions he gave them on the Lord's Supper. Um, and so... Uh, I want us to go ahead and get the, the elements together um, and we're going to take communion together. I'll get mine now. Jesus said, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we take the bread, take the bread, and let's bless it, let's give thanks for it, and let's uh, take together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for Jesus. We're so thankful that He died on our behalf, that His body was broken for us. Lord, we confess our sin. We turn to You. We ask that You help us to remember why Jesus came that how he died for in our place. And we right now, Lord, want to honor you by remembering uh, you during this time of the Lord's Supper. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's eat. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often... As you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. So this Christmas, let's remember the true meaning of Christmas, that God came near, that He loved you so much that He came uh, so that we might have everlasting life. Uh, let's not lose that meaning in all the, the, the craziness of this Christmas season but let's help share the peace of God that we have received and that we want to extend to others. Thank you for joining us for this Christmas special here at Cornerstone. Uh, we're going to close with one more uh, song, and then um, I, I'm just so excited about what God is going to continue to do. If you don't have a church home, I want to invite you to join us at Cornerstone. You can find all the information about our church on mycornerstone.org. Uh, we would love to have you. 
Uh, we'll be back in person soon. And um, I can't wait to, to see each and every one of you and hear about what God has done. Let's celebrate together. God's own love